0: the God that heals us and we're always being healed Lord and we thank you for that we bless you thank you for understanding you're going to give us as we open our ears our minds and our hearts to stir our faith up and stir up our confidence in you once again And we love you and we bless you in Jesus name amen and praise God praise God praise God amen praise God praise God amen thank you Lord thank you Jesus Thank you, Lord. Kurambosikiriandaya rabosia handaya. Kurandaria rabosia handaya. Kara sekiriandaya rabosia handaya. Sikiriandaya, Kara handaya. Ha ha ha. Kara sekiriandaya rabosia handaya. Kara Well, the Lord is speaking to me about time. And, and the fact that time is a bother to many people is what he's saying. He said, don't let time be your enemy. Make up your mind today that time is your friend. Time works for you because I put you in time so that time could be your servant and time would assist you. Time would come to your aid and time would come to your your uh, rescue and there are, are certain things the Lord is saying that are on a time schedule and and these things cannot be hurried they cannot be rushed but they will come in the fullness of time uh, when a situation ripens that is the time for it says the Spirit of God and and I am the one who manages time I keep up with every single thing I keep up with every single prayer every single request request. Every single need, says the Lord. So from this day forward, don't be afraid of time. Don't be afraid of the time that it takes for certain things to be accomplished. For all will be done according to my will. If you will connect with my will, says the Lord, everything will get to you. It will be on time and it will be a blessing, says the Spirit of the living God. Don't make time your enemy. The enemy wants to make time your enemy. Because he's running out of it. Time is his enemy, not yours. So make time your friend. And that time will, will go past speedily, says the Lord, as you spend it with me. Spend it worshiping me. Spend it in my peace. Spend it in my, my satisfaction and my joy. And I can make time and joy for you again, says the Spirit of the Living God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It's good to be on the Lord's side of things. Amen. Understand how He sees things. and He's got everything. Amen. He, he knows everything. And He's made plans for success for us in every area. He's not shortchanging us. You know, I sometimes I get as, as exhausted when what I think is waiting. And really what I'm doing is I'm trying to control time when I do that and see that's where the frustration comes in we're trying to make something happen fast we're trying to get it over with but if we can relax in his peace in the meantime you know it doesn't make any difference how you spend your time as long as you're in him and you're receiving of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, so I realize there are some things, you know, if it, you know, sometimes when there's a an answer to prayer, we want to see or, you know, we think someone's suffering, a loved one is suffering or unhappy or something like that. We want it to go by really quickly. And and so and, and sometimes we lose sight of the fact that God sees that situation and he's already sees it resolved. Amen. the good and so we have to remember that you know and and let time be your friend time can be your best best friend amen amen praise God so so we're going to get into the word Um, today I thought we would talk about touching the hem of Jesus's garment amen so uh, if we can focus on that situation and and what that all meant I think there's some symbolic meanings for us right now in this uh, story about the woman who was bleeding and here's somebody who was running out of time amen Uh, if she didn't get healed quickly she would bleed to death you know the fact that uh, blood was issuing forth from her meant that she was losing life on a daily basis. And yet God came to her rescue, what we would call right in the nick of time or in due season or the right time or or whatever. Uh, we can understand that God did come to her aid. He gave her her answer and she did not run out of life before her time came. And so he, when he... When we pray he he has things right in his grasp for us. God never forgets a prayer that's prayed. Um, he stores all of them up, He receives them all. Uh, he ministers over our prayers, uh, He reassures us constantly that that prayer was heard, and that the answer belongs to us already. Um, all of those things, you know, it's not like we're waiting on God to answer. He's already answered everything. Amen. Bible says all the promises are yes and amen. If we prayed for mercy, if we prayed for healing, if we prayed for deliverance, if we pray for long life, if we for for restoring life and safety and protection to anybody, God is in the business of providing those things. And so we have the petitions that we ask for. And all we have to do really is believe we've received it already. Amen? So once you get God's yes and amen, and you say yes and amen to what His Word says, you have it already. Amen? You have it already by faith in His Word. And it can't be taken away from us. Once your faith is invested in a promise from God, it can't be removed. It can't be undone. It's going to be done amen, you're going to receive all of it, and so once we start reassuring ourselves, so the job of faith in in and ministering to ourselves is to reassure ourselves continually that God has heard us, God has answered us, God has says yes, and the answer's on the way amen, and so uh you know we're not waiting for an angel to to do a battle with another angel to get it to us we're we're just uh, waiting for the fullness of time for it and sometimes it's god helping us to strengthen our faith along the way so that when the answer comes we'll know it uh, when the answer comes we'll receive it uh, sometimes the answer comes to us in a different package, in a different form. And so we, this has to be a total faith thing. It has to be a total spiritual thing so that we can recognize what it is we're waiting for. Sometimes God's waiting for us to get out of looking for it in the natural and transfer our attention more to the Spirit so that when it comes in by the Spirit, you'll recognize it. Amen? Amen. If you're looking for too much that looks like what your neighbor has, amen, or looks like what you see on television, you might miss what God has for you. Because these things are spiritually discerned. They're not discerned by natural means. And so when we understand that, then we'll start to to live more in the Spirit. You'll start to seek more of God's peace, you know, instead of looking for Him to do something uh look for his peace about it. See that's the spiritual way to go. If you get his peace, then then you'll hold on until you see the rest of it. Amen. If you don't get his peace, you'll always be fretting about when's it coming? What's it and so your your fight of faith is for us to maintain peace about these things. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing. If you're constantly looking for it and they say, I haven't showed up yet, when's it going to get come here, you're not, you're in the natural looking for it. So you gotta get over in the spirit where you can get assured that God heard you. It says, if you be anxious for nothing at all things by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then he gives you his, his, his handshake of peace. Or his high five of peace or his his fist bump of peace. Amen. So he the all of those maneuvers are covenant maneuvers. You think people do that stuff just out of nowhere? You think the fist bump originated with this generation? Or the high five with the NBA? That didn't start there. It started with God's covenant people. All those things are variations of the handshake. Amen. Only thing is we don't have to cut our wrists and fill our hands with blood anymore. Amen. But that's what it used to entail. So you didn't just shake hands with somebody um just you know in a casual way. Amen. The Bible talks about being a surety for different people or a co-signer or somebody who's underwriting somebody's life. And you didn't do it with a stranger. You did it with a friend. And what made you friends? What? What part of it? It was the blood. Is you cut yourself, they cut themselves. So that's why you didn't do it a stranger. You had to do it, you just go shake hands with anybody and say, okay, I'll take care of this for you. And if you wanted to be friends, you had to show something. Amen. It had to be real. Blood made it real. So you didn't do that with just any and everybody. You thought about it long and hard. You looked them over. They looked you over. You find out what they had. They find out what you have. And then you talk about it. You make terms about it. It wasn't a just deal. Amen. But because of the blood of Jesus, we can now claim friendship with everybody. So you can do a handshake to somebody you just met. Because blood's been shed already for you to be friends with that person. There's no reason for you to be enemies. Amen. So Jesus has opened up the way for all of these things to be a normal, routine part of life for everybody. There are some countries you will go to where they refuse to shake your hand. They're, they're old, old, uh, uh, not really old testament covenant, but old thinking in terms of what a covenant entails. Amen. And so they would have to have some kind of introduction to you. They go about it in the old way. But you can see that that's 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 uh, something that's been valuable in times past by the way other people in different cultures evaluate one another before they will shake your hand or call you a friend. You see in Middle Eastern countries, if they have had a proper introduction, they know who you are and they value you, they will do the kiss on each cheek. You know, that kind of stuff. But it's not a casual thing. Once you kiss somebody, that means you're not their enemy no more, you don't steal from them, you don't deceive them, or you could forfeit your life for that, see? And so it means different things in different cultures, but in what we call Western culture, where it's, it's Judeo-Christian, what we we see one another as friends because of what Jesus did. He is the supreme above all. And He forbids us to be angry with, with a brother for no cause. He forbids us to be enemies. When we're enemies, He say pray for one another. Why? Because He's opened the door for peace to be there. You don't have to, you know, be like the Hatfields and the McCoys, everybody killing up each other forever. We can have peace with them because of the blood of the cross. His blood speaks better things. Better relationship, better friendship, better uh, uh, meetings with people or for people who just meet one another you can you can assume to be friends instead of enemies so his blood is able to do all of this and more because he wants us all to be at peace with one another amen and so once you understand that that Jesus has done so much to bring peace. That for, for people with one another, then we can appreciate more what God is doing in the earth and understand these things as being a part of a, a larger covenant, a larger family of people who are not enemies anymore. We don't have animosity to, toward one another. You're not immediately an enemy of somebody, you're immediately a friend. Amen? And, and it goes across the board amen you have the power and you and i have the power to reconcile enemies back to being at peace with one another if we'll step out and do these things in the name of the lord and so it's very very powerful folks is just don't take that for granted that is something that god has left for us and we can claim friendship and peace with all men no matter who they are, if, if we'll allow God to help us open the door to that. And so, but the woman with the issue of blood, we're back to her. She was spilling blood because of a disease. There was something wrong with her where she had an issue of blood and, and people uh, assume it's, it's menstrual blood or something along those lines but we're not certain about that but but she did have an issue of blood and it's probably correct in in assuming that's what it was and and it says here um uh if we'll start let me see okay we'll start with her story I'll go to the one in mark chapter 4 is it yeah yeah I'm sorry mark chapter 5 and we start in verse 21. And to give you an understanding of what was going on here, there was a huge crowd that day around Jesus. It was one of those times where he was um, out and there were many people gathered there. And he was near unto the sea. And verse 22, behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and she will live. So this man already has faith to see his daughter healed. He spells it all out here. There's no doubt in what he says. There's no wavering back and forth. He has it made up in his mind that if Jesus can come and touch her, uh, she will be healed and so he went with him. When Jesus goes with you, that means your faith is good. That means that hes you have already received. What you asked him for. So this is Mark 11.23 in action. In operation. Amen. He says when you pray. Believe you received it. And you'll have it. So what does this man do? He says yeah. If you come and lay hands on her. She'll be healed. So he believed he received it already. So Jesus is just meeting the conditions that he set for him. His faith, your faith, will tell you the conditions under which you'll receive something from God. Faith is the Holy Spirit's mind. Faith is, is telling you what the Word of God already promises you. Faith gives you that explanation of how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and under what circumstances it's going to happen. When it's time for that to be explained. See there are times when your faith tells you God's going to do it. And that's all you need to know right now. You don't have to have all the details filled in. But these people oftentimes, You see people like this man. This man has observed Jesus. This means for for him. He's looking at Jesus. He's already aware of what the word promises because he's a minister. He's an Old Testament minister, ruler of the synagogue. That means he's in charge of ministering to other people. Now it's his turn to need some ministry. And so he goes to his knowledge of the word. Well, what does the word says? The word says that, that God heals everybody by his word. And if he knows that Jesus is the Messiah or Jesus has been sent by God, he has a perfect right to go to Jesus with his request and know that 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 request will be fulfilled. He doesn't go until he's sure. See, his words tell you he's sure about this. He's thought it out. So faith then is your confidence and your surety. Once that faith kind of wells up in you and you know that God wants you to have something, nobody can talk you out of it. Cause that faith is on the inside of you. Amen. It's, it's part of, of your spirit now. That little nugget of faith that's, that's sure about that thing is going to hold you until it manifests. Amen, till it till it comes to pass totally. Think what it took for this man to get to the point where he would go and ask Jesus for something. Now he's part of that old regime, that old Old Testament system, the synagogue system, where it was nothing but rules and regulations. How much do you wash your hand, how much you to wash your pots, how much do you not uh, violate the sabbath he was under that regime and yet his faith was strong enough to override all that legalism all of that you got to do this first you got to do all that stuff that the devil throws at us when you're waiting on god to, to to bless you with something and you know that it's yours While you're waiting, your mind can go bonkers with things that, oh, this is why it's taking, it's taking so long because I didn't do this enough or I didn't do that right or God don't want me to have it just yet because I'm not ready because I don't do this and I, you know, your mind can go crazy with a bunch of laws, rules and regulations. And to think that this man who is steeped in that tradition, who's steeped in that way of thinking could get in enough faith to override all of that and finally decide that Jesus is the answer for his little girl's problem. Amen? Instead of going back to the, to the Old Testament law and, and making a sacrifice and doing this, he's probably done all that and the girl's still sick. So now it's time to step up in faith. Let faith override the law because the law always brought the curse with it. So faith really is a higher uh, realm to deal in than the Old Testament law. So you leave the law behind because it came behind faith. Faith came first and then the law came to explain what God was doing in the earth for man. It was to teach us right from wrong. Well, if you're in faith, you're doing the right thing. So faith is always the right thing to do. It's never wrong to do. And so once you apply faith, faith is higher than the Old Testament law. Faith will move the law out of the way and take over. And that's what happened in this man. He was probably as shocked as anybody else to find himself bowing before Jesus to get him to do something for him. Because everybody, the, 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 the synagogue kept control over the people. They control the religious life of the people. So for him to go outside of his comfort zone and ask Jesus to do something for him, his faith must have been mighty compelling. See, this, this is the power of faith. It's something you can't shake off. You can't get out from under the power of it. Once you begin to believe, it's just like anything else that you receive from faith, by faith. Just like your salvation, nobody can talk you out and tell you going to hell now. Amen? You know you belong to God. You know you're, well it's the same thing with everything that you receive. Every jot and tittle of the word has the same power that your understanding of salvation does. What salvation, what's happened to you now is you've walked with God long enough to know your salvation isn't escaping from you. You're not doing the unpardonable sin. Why? Because every time you sin, the Holy Spirit lets you know and you go to God and ask forgiveness. And you're right back full of his peace again about your situation. So experience in salvation has given us hope. But see, many times we're not as experienced in other aspects of the word. We're not as experienced in health and healing. We're not as experienced in in God making a way for us to get financially uh, rooted in in greater finances and more stable that way we're not experienced in relationships, but we're working on all of this stuff amen, but your faith will carry you to success in every area of your life so we're in the process of experiencing a lot of these things in God right now, and our faith is holding. Fast and our faith is holding us and bringing us through, we just have to have confidence in the Word of God. We have to have confidence that our faith in God is working as long as it's in God and you don't put it in something else. Your faith is working and see many times people will start out trying to trust God for something they decide it's too it's too hard, and then we'll we'll put our confidence in something else. But always come back to faith in God See, never lose like for instance if if it's if it's healing, say for instance, you're having issues with with um uh an injury a uh, uh, something that gives you pain and and you you start out confessing the word, you know uh, he took my pains and carried my burdens, carried my sorrows, and you confess that for a season, and the pain persists. Well, God's not going to shoot you if you go take an aspirin, you know, and if it continues to swell or something, he's not going to get mad at you to go get an x-ray, but go back to the word. Don't leave the word by itself and, and then go back and just go the natural route and keep on the natural route. Come back to the word because that word was working in you. Until you decided it wasn't going to work anymore. And go get the natural thing. Go get the natural help. But come back to the word. Why? Because you're going to need that word for something else. That, that word, even though maybe it didn't get you what you wanted in that situation, it will get you where you need to go if you hold on to the word. See, don't let go of the word of healing. Because you didn't get rid of that pain immediately like you wanted to. You still hold on to the word of healing. Amen? And and go take your pill. Get some relief. Put your foot up. But keep thanking God that he's healed you already. Amen? Keep thanking God that that pain won't stay there. Keep thanking God for that. Because that's the right road to get on. Amen. It's not good to get totally off the road of faith and leave it there and then settle for just natural things all the time. you got to keep the supernatural going, folks. Amen. you got to keep it going because God will get you there at some point. You're going to need faith for healing for something. Amen. And it will work for you. It's not that it's not working. It's just that, you know, sometimes symptoms override your peace about it. And so go take you whatever you need to take you, but keep believing God for the supernatural because something in you wanted that from God. Wanted your health from God. And you gotta go with that. That's your spirit man. And he's stronger than we may think he is. Amen. And so keep going with that and keep feeding your spirit the word of God because that word will get you where you need to go. So here it is. He, this man Jairus says, my little daughter is at the point of death. He's desperate and he's asking Jesus to come and lay hands on her and she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, which means that Jesus said, Okay, I can do that, and she'll be healed. I'll come and do what you say, and she will be healed. In the meantime, though, somebody comes up to him that can't wait. Amen? So when you think about the ways that God heals, he heals those who can wait a little bit, He heals those who can't wait. He heals those who can relax, take their pills and keep believing the word until he can heal people at all levels of expectation of manifestation. There's not just one way that he does things and you gotta, we gotta all fit in a one size fits all box. Healing is not like that. Healing is highly individualized. It has to be because we all believe different ways and different things and different amounts, but we all are coming before the same God for what we need. So just because you believe it's supposed to happen, you know, you need your, you you feel your 72 hours is going to work. That works for you. Don't, don't criticize somebody that it might take a month or, or longer. You know, for, for that to happen. Always bless them and encourage them and, and strengthen them along the way. And thank God for that, that opening because you might be the next one that's going to take some time to get it done. And so you need to understand that, that time is not a burden. It's not a hindrance. It's something God will take into consideration, but understand that you are healed once you release your faith for it. Amen. Accept the fact that you are healed. Amen. In the spirit, your spirit has received that. So when you believe you received it, any time after that, it will begin to manifest. But if you don't believe you've received it already, you're going to struggle with what have I got to do to get it to happen? See, it's happened already. So you got to take it by faith. That's the way heaven sees it. Heaven calls those things that be not as though they are. Amen. So you can receive that word and say, Father, I thank you that I have what I, I see in this book. I have this healing already. I have health. I have prosperity. Everything I set my hands to will prosper and it won't fail. Amen? I just got to get myself involved in it by faith. Amen? And always use your faith for the things that you need from God. So here this woman comes up. Jesus is following him and he says, and it says, much people followed him and thronged him. And this was very common when Jesus ministered. He ministered among thousands of people, throngs of people. When he Fed all of the multitude of people. There, there were many people believe as few as ten thousand, if not twenty-five to thirty thousand people that he fed at one time. Amen. Nothing was too hard. His father has unlimited supply. So if Jesus could feel that many, why are we afraid about you know all these people talking about with the supply chain drying up? Every time you look up, somebody's threatening that we won't have food. And trust me, that might be a happy day for some of us. To, You know what I'm saying? They close down some of these drive through windows, we'd be happy campers. Because you know what? I'm of the firm opinion that if food weren't so available quickly, we'd have less obesity. Because if you had to think about going to the market, buying something, go home and cook it, Fact that it's fast. Amen. Amen. So here he's a big crowd here, and this woman had an issue of blood twelve years, had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, was not better but rather grew worse. Now you would think she would give up after this. But just when you get to giving up, you hear something. It's like God God told me many years ago. He said, there's always another prayer to pray. There's always another scripture. There's always another means to encourage yourself that I'm going to do what you ask me to do. Amen. And so when when you see situations like this, you say, man, she should have given up, but she gave it one more try. Amen. Sometimes your healing's right at the door. You just got to give it one more try and one more thought. And she said, if I would but touch his clothes, I will be whole. When she did that straight away, the fountain of her blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And immediately Jesus, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the multitude." Around you and you're asking who did that and he looked around about her to see who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now this woman made up in her mind something and this is what we have to do. Healing is just as much a function of receiving in your spirit but also having a mind made up not to waver and when her mind was made up not to waver that's when she made her move and see many times i think we're reaching out for things and we're not certain about it we've got ideas going through our head well maybe it won't happen today because she probably she may have even attempted this on other days and she got discouraged and turned around you see You just don't know. She might have attempted to touch him in prior situations. No, I can't do it. It's too many people. No, I can't do it. It's, you know, they'll find me. No, I can't do it. I I just got it. And then finally her faith got to what I call the eruption point where you know that you know that today is the day. You got me? Or you know that you know that you're not going to go home without it. You see, we see many examples of this, people who go to healing meetings where you see tons of people. Benny Hinn meetings. um, Billy Burke is another one. You see Richard Roberts having healing meetings. And you see people come up there and they'll, they'll testify that they got healed right then in that meeting but then if you go back and talk to them they'll say stuff well i watch his program every day or i look at this they have been their faith has been building to the eruption point you know to the point where if you look at faith as a mustard seed it's broken open now and is starting to sprout and is starting to pop up and grow and so this is what what where our faith has to get to that point before it can totally manifest what we need, because if it was at that point already, we'd have it already, and so most of us are tending our garden, growing our faith and and I believe this lady was like that; she had twelve years to to want to be healed without getting any, so she believed she could be healed she just didn't wasn't going about it in the means that it would eventually heal her. Amen. She was going about it in natural means. And nobody knows why she didn't go to the priest or why she didn't where she was, why she was going to physicians. There were some reasons for it. We don't know those. But whatever reason, the physicians failed her. Amen. And that's what we have to think about, too. When God is building our faith to believe him for a supernatural healing from the word, it's to keep us from being dependent upon the world and the natural because we have God and we have supernatural means for everything and we have to make up our minds that we're going to hold on to that no matter what and I think that's where this lady had got to she held on to no matter what amen she refused to give up the people who refuse to give up and quit are the ones who always get what they're looking for. Amen? So faith really is a matter of refusing to walk away empty-handed or refusing to quit. And so when she talked about touching the hem of his garment, I thought we need to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I know I taught, taught on this many years ago. It's been a lot of years ago. Uh, but we, we can go over it again because there was this wasn't like something she just thought, well, I'm just going to grab what I can grab. You understand what I'm saying? There was a reason, there was a faith-building reason in why she wanted to touch the hem. Not his sleeve, not the middle, not his belt, um, not his shoulder. She had to touch the hem. So, what was important about the hem of his garment? And and in Numbers chapter fifteen, if you go there, I'm gonna put my save this in case I need to come back to it. But turn to Numbers chapter fifteen, and that will give you a description. Oh, Numbers is after Leviticus. Sometimes we wonder why God is so specific about some things that He'll give us to do, and and there's Bible reasons for it. You know, for instance, when Jesus Jesus when He made uh, clay out of spit. He didn't do it just that one time. You'll see a couple of instances where he healed the blind that way. Amen. The same thing with touching the hem of his garment. He would walk the streets after this lady did this. He would walk. She, she developed a thing, you know, like a, uh, TikTok. Huh? Well, we need, need, we use social media to start trends. But she started a trend with this. And Jesus helped her start it. You know, when he went and talked to her and asked her about what she did, that wasn't for no reason. Amen. He did it so everybody could hear how she got healed. Healing is not a secret. It's for everybody that will believe. So as Jesus walked around and these things happened for people and healing manifested for them, he would stop and explain, and and he did this for everybody that was within earshot. And then word would get around. You know what? Do you know how she got healed? She'd been to doctors for 12 years, and guess what? She went up to Jesus one day and touched the hem of his garment. And after that, it began to be a thing. Amen. If you look at, let's look at this real, real fast in Mark chapter 6. Go to there real quick and I'll show it to you. You say, well what came first? Her doing this or him? I don't know which came first, but I'ma tell you this, this started a thing. Amen. Mark chapter 6 and verse 50. 53, and when they had passed over, came to the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. Now this is interesting because Gennesaret is where the man that lived in the tombs was. And remember when Jesus went over and cast some devils out of him, they asked him to leave. Well, look what happens now. He drew to the shore and when they were come out of the ship... Right away, they knew him and ran through the whole region about and been to carry about in beds. Those were sick. They flocked to him now. The place that rejected him yesterday, now they want him. What caused the change? What do you think caused the change? Yeah, when he told that that man wanted to follow him where he went, he said, no, go back and tell it. Remember some people he told, don't tell nobody? This man, he said, tell it. Why? Because everybody knew him. That's part of Jesus um, spoiling principalities and powers. Dragging the strong man through the streets. That's it made an open show. He did that. That man ran that whole town. That was a strong man. It's all, that's always true. Whenever you are anointed and you carry that authority with you, the strong man will come to you. Jesus didn't go looking for him. He came up to him first. He engaged him First. So the strong man comes to challenge the anointed one for his territory. And Jesus makes him answer all his questions. He makes him bow. He shows total authority and that demon showed total submission to Jesus. So much so when he cast him out, the man, the man came into his right mind and wanted to follow the Lord. He was so free. He didn't need like psychotherapy and time on the couch and inner healing. He was inner, outer, and every way you could think of healed. Why? Because that demon left him and went into the sea and choked the, the swine that he went into. So he wasn't active to bother anybody anymore. And the people said, seen it, they were so afraid. They said, uh-uh, get out of here. We can't handle this. But the testimony of that man converted that whole town. It, they looked at him and they said, Mm-mm, "That this is good. This power must be real." Because if you standing here, clo- it with clothes on, in your right mind, huh? We want us some Jesus around here. In verse 55, they ran through that whole region round about and began to carry in beds of those that were sick. When they heard he was there, he was there. And wheresoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that he they might touch if it was the border of his to him. See, this became a thing. And as many as touched him were made whole. The border was the faith touch. Because what did Jesus' disciples say to him? They said, Master, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. They're pressing in on you. Nobody got healed from that press in. It had to be a hymn touch. So we're going to find out what's in the hymn. Amen. That made that touch a healing touch and not just a pushing on him touch. Amen. Besides faith. There was faith in that him for a reason. And so in uh were we numbers chapter 15. In verse we down in the 30s. Now, this is the deal. This is why God released this revelation to them or this commandment. Uh, he says in verse 32, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that had gathered sticks on the Sabbath day. So he broke the law, broke the law of the Sabbath. It's six days you can work on the Sabbath. You rest with God. There's your day with God, period. And you can't break it. And they thought, and they that found him, gathered gathering sticks, brought him to Moses and Aaron and to the congregation. So they did the right thing. You turn in a lawbreaker. Amen. And they put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done with him. So he was detained. And the Lord said unto Moses, the man shall surely be put to death. Cause that, that's what the law required. All the congregation, so stone him with stones outside of the camp. And all the congregation, they put him on death row, in other words. They brought with them him without the camp and stoned him with stones and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said this, this is mercy. Speak unto the children of Israel. And command them that they make them fringes on the border of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that you may look on it and remember the commandments of God. In other words, God didn't like putting that man to death. And he said, in order for us not to keep doing this with people who break my law, I'm going to give you something that's going to help you to remember what the law tells you to do so you'll obey it. And he ordered that the fringe be put on the bottom of everybody's garment and all the commandments that you remember to what the commandments are and that you do them. Now, that was the first commandment. That's the one everybody should remember. Keep holy the Sabbath. No other gods before God. Amen. I mean it's tied together. I, mean, I know it's down the list some on that. But you know what I'm saying. And he says. It says it shall be unto you for a fringe. So a fringe is something that gets attention. Amen. You know how that is. When you want to get out in your little finery. You get your little fringe leather jacket on it. I hope this isn't too busy for this kind of crowd. You know what I'm saying. Everybody got something with a little fringe on it. Amen. That you will remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. And that you seek not after your own heart. So when you look at that fringe, it draws you to what God is telling you to do. And you shut down on the inside of you what your lust is telling you to do. What your your flesh is telling you to do. It puts you in remembrance of god and of his word, and he says, and seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, and after which you use to go a whoring, so God doesn't want us to go off trailing every witch away, so He makes it a system for Israel to remember him to do, oh yeah, the law says, I can't do this today amen, so i'm gonna I'm gonna obey God, and he says that you may remember my commandments and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. And so God then institutes this law for how they are to dress to be successful in him. How they are to dress. And everybody put this on their garments. Amen. All of the, more well, the heads of household. It was common for the men to do this. And they put those fringes on the hem of their garments. Now, one of the words for fringe is the same word as wings. Wings, feathers, fringe. They're all the same word in the Hebrew. So, God could have been saying, I want you to put wings. On the bottom of your garments. Amen. Now the Bible says the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings or in his rays. But healing in what emanates out from him is healing all the time. And so when people would look at the fringe of a garment, it was common to look at, at that And then the Holy Spirit would bring to remembrance what need they had that was provided for. So when you looked at the fringe of your garment, you kind of got a piece and you could rest assured. Oh, my healing's taken. That's provided for. He's the Lord that heals me. Amen. And so whenever anybody looked, it was like looking in the Bible like we do now. You pick up your words, you grab your scripture, you get your reassurance that God's provided that for you and it's all good. And so when the the fringes of a man's garment was what connected him to God's provision, to God's law, to God's peace, to God's supply, it was a constant reminder that God had success for them, that God had healing for them. That God had peace for them. That they weren't broke. They weren't in poverty. And so as they gazed at those fringes, they would begin to meditate the word of God. And recite the commandments of God. And recite the laws of God. I will put none of the diseases upon you that I brought upon the Egyptians. And so... This Hebrew woman was brought back into remembrance after going astray and seeking physicians for twelve years. She gets back brought back to her Hebrew roots. She starts to meditate on the fringe of of, of the robe, Amen, and being able to touch it. Amen. Many times people would touch the fringe of the garment just as a point of contact to put them in remembrance of what God had for them. So Israel was commanded to wear those tassels or fringes in the hem of their garment, fringes in the borders of the garments throughout their generation, to remember the commandments of God and to do them and to be holy as unto the Lord. Amen. So those fringes became a sign of covenant. The fringes became a sign of provision they became a sign of health they became a sign of everything that you needed from god it is thought that by the time of jesus though the tassels were not on the border of their robe but was now on the border of a shawl and and specifically with the with the priest and the high priest it was their shawl that they wore as a vestment for their their time in ministry and that was they were considered to be anointed as well so it just wasn't you were reminded of the word of god and you kind of like had a temporary peace but there was actual power there they felt when it was 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 worn by the high priest so the shawl the outer garment uh, is referred to as the talit t a l l i t and it's a covering, a gown, or a cloak, that word actually means little tent. Amen? So talit means little tent, which tent was always a meeting place that God had with his people. So all of these things, when you saw that that robe and you saw the fringes, it would put you into remembrance of your covenant with God, of your provision for God, of the peace of God, of the comfort of God, it was your little tent that you went into with God to tell Him all your need and to, to expect that when you came out of that little tent meeting with God that you had what it was that you needed from Him. Amen? And so the talit then was, was more specifically now the shawl that the, the man wore, the priest wore. And many times you would see them pull their that shawl over their heads when they would get ready to pray and petition God for something. In fact, people do it even now. They wear those prayer shawls when you know it's a point of contact for them to meet God. Even though the Holy Spirit lives in us, there are many people. It works for you. It works for you. So, so as many as touched him were made whole when they touched the hem of his garment. So that that him. The power there became a symbol of, of God's ability, God's availability to everybody. See, this woman, because she was ceremonially unclean, God was removed from her. She couldn't get to him. If she, if she did, she had to break some rules in order to get there. So she decided to obey the rules and that's probably what kept her seeking physicians. She couldn't go anywhere. The physicians would see her. Why? Because she had money. When she ran out of money, even they didn't want to see her anymore. But she was still not well. She still needed to be healed. So, so when people are made, they were made whole when they touched him, you have to understand that faith is an aggressive force that seeks to be satisfied, your faith that you have in you don 't underestimate it i don 't care how what you think about it well i don 't have enough faith, or you know it 's not like so and so you need to stop complaining about it and start to rejoice and thank God for what you do have and ask him how to exercise it properly because faith is an aggressive force. Your faith will wake you up every day and remind you of what you believe in God for. Amen. It does. So you don't forget. Amen. That's the job that faith has. And it, it was doing its work in her the way it was supposed to. And faith began to remind her, remember, this thing is your provision. This robe is your provision. The word is what you need to heal you. I don't care that you have been the physicians. Get back to the word. Amen. And that's an admonition for all of us. You know, even if you have to seek God for medication for something and you do better on it, praise God, he's letting it work for you. Amen? But you still want the Word to do the complete job. You haven't lost sight of the Word. So even though her knowledge of the fringes of the garment of the priest has gone dormant, now that anything in the natural is removed from her, she's reviving that again. God doesn't care if he's second on your dance card. The important thing is you have to dance. Amen. you find the right partner. Y'all you just got to do is get to the dance. Amen. And so so faith being an aggressive invading force is not afraid of symptoms, not afraid of of overriding doctors not afraid of anything like that your faith is totally unafraid and if you will obey your faith and follow your faith it'll lead you to what god has for you it'll lead you to total provision to be made whole like this woman wanted it will lead you to everything that you need so we said in the, the in malachi 4 1 the bible says that the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his <coughs> fringes now, the, the garment he wore, the garment had been modified. It used to be a robe. Now it's a shawl. Amen. And But it, it hung very low. It wasn't a high-hanging shawl. It hung very low. And so the, the little fringes are referred to as Zit-Zit. T-Z-I-T-T-Z-I-T. So those are the feathers, the rays, the wings in which healing resides. So if you, as a Hebrew, in that lady's situation, when she said within herself that if she could touch that, she would be whole, she had already reasoned all of this out with God. So she went back to the old Hebrew cultural way of observing the hem of his garment. And observing, she might have even... Watched him walk by many times and the Holy Spirit, her faith would cause her to look at those fringes sweeping down near the ground and showing her, look what's, what's down there. That's for you. Remember, amen, numbers, what is it? Number, we're 1537, huh? That says, That we put you in remembrance of God's provision that's in the word. And every time Jesus walked by, she saw her healing walk by her. Because the Holy Spirit began to minister how she was going to be healed. He does the same thing with us. Don't ever think that you're in this by yourself to try to figure out How God's going to heal you or when he's going to heal you or what to do to get healed. It's already in you. The blueprint's already in you. And all you do is follow that Holy Ghost blueprint for your healing. If nothing else, worship God every day and thank you. I received my healing when I prayed, God. I believe I received my healing when I prayed and I have it. And devil, you can't steal something I already got. And I can't lose it because I what I didn't do yesterday. I'm going to do it twice as much today. Amen. And that's how you settle these issues. Just be adamant in following your faith. Let your faith vocalize itself. Let it speak to you. Let it speak through you. You know, oftentimes our faith is talking and we shut it up. Your faith will say you're healed already. Nah, well, what about this and what about that? You start questioning the truth that's in you instead of letting it help you. So we got to quit. we got to throw out this questioning God about everything. About when it's going to happen. It's happened already. You've got the hardest part right now, and that's believing the Word and holding on to the Word. You're believing in something invisible at this point. So I would say that's a pretty challenging thing to overcome right now. Amen? So understand... That once faith begins to talk, let faith talk. Don't shut it up. Let it speak. Let your faith keep talking to you. It'll shock you the things that your faith will tell you are yours. But see, we shut it up with doubt and unbelief. Well, that couldn't be right because so-and-so said, brother so-and-so said this, and this don't go along with his five steps to get what I want. Amen? Well, your faith is not going to go along with nobody's no steps. Amen? Your faith is going to do its own thing. So these little fringes, or tzitzits, hung from the edge of Jesus' shawl that he wore. Amen. And so uh, uh, the Bible says also that God bore them on eagles' wings. So wings always put them in remembrance of the covenant of God. Feathers, protection. Wings, healing, rays, healing, which as that robe walked past her and swung, she saw healing walking past her. And she saw it often enough to get convinced that she had to make contact with those fringes. Because she wasn't going to ask Jesus to pray for her because she couldn't be outside in anybody's presence. And especially being unclean, you don't t- touch a holy man if you're unclean. So she had to figure out a way she didn't violate the law. And she didn't. She didn't touch him. She touched what he wore. Amen? The law said nothing about not touching what he wore. So she heard about Jesus. The Bible says she heard that he healed people. She heard that he didn't turn anybody down. He healed Jews and Gentiles. So she figured she was in the running for a healing. So once you start removing obstacles, your faith is in you to remove every obstacle to your receiving what it is you need from God. And she began to, to, to run the hurdles, you know? You know how to hurdler? There's like how many hurdles in a whatever. It depends on the length of the race. But they generally have at least 10 or a dozen. Amen. Well she started running hurdles. Hmm? You're unclean, that was the first one. She jumped over that one. Uh, that don't matter. I didn't I cleared that hurdle. So she's still in the race. You can't he won't touch you. That's okay. She cleared that hurdle. I'm still in the race. She jumped over that one. I'll touch it. Amen. I won't touch him. I'll touch them fringes. Because that's where I know my healing is. See, if your healing isn't coming at you one way, it'll come another one. You can't count healing out. You've already received a a bigger part of it. Once you believe you received it when you prayed, you got the big end of it already. You got the tiger by the tail. So all you got to do is hold on to the tail and let the tiger run. Amen? Let the tiger go where he wants to go. What did she hear about Jesus? said when she heard about Jesus, amen, she came in the press behind. She heard what? What did he tell people everywhere he went? What he told them in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. He said, I'm anointed. And that meant different things to different people. See, for people who were trying to figure out if he was the Messiah or not, whenever he said, I'm anointed, that meant Messiah. Amen? So, Because there were many other anointed ones. The, the one that was most anointed before him was John the Baptist. John the Baptist died shortly before Jesus got into his earthly ministry. I mean, really into it. Amen? They overlapped for a season. You didn't have two Gospels being preached at one time. You had one Gospel being preached. And so she heard Jesus was anointed. And she said, this is the Messiah. This is the one that, that's been promised to us that's going to take care of all things. That's what was said about the Messiah. That when he comes, he will remedy all things. He will take care of all things. In other words, he's the El Shaddai. That we're looking for in our life. So she heard about him. And she she put things together. Her faith began to minister to her on the inside to help her put things together to affect the healing for her. And once she began, that faith began to grow. It was like a tiger by the tail. All she had to do was not let go of the tail. She had the tiger was running and raring to go to get what she needed. And she was on her way. He has healing in those fringes, according to Malachi 4. Amen. Healing is in God's word. So if those fringes meant the word too, that also meant that the word was there. The power of the word was there. The promise of God was there for her. And as she looked at those fringes, Sweeping the ground and walking past her. She began to think and meditate on the fact that God promised her healing. That she was a daughter of Abraham and she had a covenant with God. She had a healing covenant with God. See, meditating on the word will help you get your healing, get your your faith complete. So that it grows to the extent where it just takes off and takes you where you need to go. See, your healing has to lead you. you can't lead it. It has to take over and and draw you to the place of your manifestation and so she was she was um nobody knows why this lady was sick, why she wasn't healed, why she resorted to physicians, but once you have faith inside you, it doesn't matter. The past never matters once your because your faith is now. Your faith is speaking things that are going to happen to you in the now. It's not concerned about the past. So if she were to be healed under the law, she would have to meet the law requirements. And according to the law, her bleeding would have to stop first. And then she go and make an offering to the priest. So she couldn't trade off. Amen. Somebody, in, in who knows, we don't know if she had a husband anymore. She might have been a widow. There was nobody to represent God for her in the things at the altar. And so when when we understand how stranded she was and how strapped she was, we'll understand that Jesus was her only remedy. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to seek those people who kind of fell through the cracks of the religious system he came, he's seeking out people and he sought out those who didn't have a covenant with God. He sought everybody that had a need. So the fringes of the Messiah's robe had the ultimate in power. Healing, deliverance, freedom, empowering people against all odds. So she heard that the Messiah would deliver all those that came to him by faith. And so she sets about obeying the law of faith working on the inside of her. See, the spirit of faith will give you day-by-day instruction what to do to, to strengthen your faith, to strengthen your commitment, to strengthen your resolve for your miracle, for your healing. The, the spirit of faith will minister to your mind and to your heart and begin to help you to process what you need to process to convince yourself and, and, and get fully persuaded like Abraham was. That's the purpose of your faith is to persuade you that you can have that. Persuade you not to quit. Persuade you to continue, persuade you. It continues to persuade you toward God and the source of everything that you need. So when she started to meditate on these uh, tassels, these fringes, she began to grow in her determination. She began to grow. See, your faith should not... You shouldn't be at the point of quitting when you're in faith. You should be more determined every day. That you can have with what you say. That it's on the way. That God has it for you. He hasn't forgotten you. It has to make you more determined not to quit. Amen? And, and let it grow in you. Let it minister to you. Let it speak things to you that, that maybe you hadn't thought of before. By the time this lady got to Jesus, she could not be stopped. You understand me? She might have had many a day where she started out, well, this is the day I'm going, I know what I got to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to touch him. And she might have had many days where she let the crowd discourage her and push her back. But this day was different. This was the final blow day. You can tell that, that her faith was at the boiling point because she went up to him when he was ministering to the ruler of the synagogue. So it's like. The Old Testament law. Meets the New Testament grace. And she's got to make up her mind. Where she's going with this. Because see many times. She might have started out. And when the Old Testament law. She got confronted with the law. You can't do this. You, you're unclean. Go home. Don't touch him. Don't get close to you. Who do you think you are? This day, she overcame, cause Jesus, here's Jesus walking with the ruler of the synagogue. That's not a mistake. That's not a coincidence. That's a lesson for us. Are you gonna be, if you want healing, is it by grace? Is it by doing everything right? Is it by not, uh, saying anything, uh, not being ever discouraged? Not ever wanting to quit? Not ever wanting to throw in the towel. Are you gonna, are you gonna let that determine whether or not you get healed? Or are you gonna believe in God's love and forgiveness, His mercy and His grace to get you what you need? And she made the proper choice. She probably ran when she saw the rulers of the synagogue. If they caught her out walking somewhere, she was probably very well known in that city. Amen? Cause everybody was assigned to the synagogue. If you were a Jew, you were assigned there. They knew who you were, knew where you lived, knew everything about you. And if they caught her out walking among people, amen, they would make her turn around and go back home. Shame on top of that. She overrode shame. She overrode embarrassment. She overrode poverty. She overrode everything. And when confronted with whether to keep obeying that dead law that hasn't healed you yet or reach out and touch the hem of his garment, she made the right choice. She said, today is the day I'm making the choice to go for it. If he wants to cast me out, he can cast me out. If he wants to touch me, he can touch me. But my faith is making me go forward. It's not, it's, it's, this thing is beyond my control right now. My faith has reached fever, pitch, boiling point. The tiger is growling and he's hungry and he wants to eat. Amen. And the anointing is my lunch. Amen. Healing is his lunch. And he wants to go grab my healing she made the right choice she didn't go back empty-handed this time those rulers of the synagogue they were like everything to those people what they said went if they said you weren't getting it today you didn't get it today jesus would heal people on the sabbath right in front of them and they'd make everybody go home he got to heal one person and the, the ruler of the synagogue gets up and says, anybody wants to get healed, you can do it Monday through Saturday, but you don't do it today. Go home. Ain't no more healing around here. You understand what I'm saying? And they obeyed because they were afraid not to. How many people do you know you invite to a healing meeting and they don't come? They're obeying something else because their faith is telling them to come get healed. Amen. But they're obeying another law that tells them it's not yours. Not today. It's not for you. Who do you think you are? You can't get healed. Look at you. It's impossible. But her faith told her what's impossible with man is possible with God. This man is different. He's a Messiah. I heard about Jesus. And he heals everybody who comes. He never turns anybody away. And just to ensure that I'm not going to let him know I'm there. I'm going to go in touch. I'm going to make the old covenant meet the new. Amen. These people got healed when Jesus was, he was, was in earthly ministry walking the streets. It was a meeting of the mercy and truth have kissed each other. Amen. So mercy overrides the law. Mercy fulfills the law and overrides it for our behalf. And so Jesus overrides the law because the law comes with a curse. He says, I've got a higher law for you now. There's no condemnation to you. You don't have to live under the curse. I'm fulfilling the law as I walk. And as I walk, I fulfill the law for you so I can give you mercy. And mercy is what she received. She made the right choice. Instead of going home empty-handed because she walked into the law. Amen? It was just a good day for her because that man was begging for healing like she was. See, that put both of them on on a level playing field. They were both looking for Jesus to do something. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for learning. Thank you, Lord, that when it comes to a, a, a choice... Between us believing that we've got to do something to earn a healing or earn the right to ask you to have mercy on us, we'll choose a better thing. We'll choose the good part. We'll choose the mercy of God that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we believe we've received our healing already from your word when we prayed. Our healing's a done deal. And Father, we thank you that we're, we got a tiger by the tail. And he's on the road. We're on the road to manifestation, Father. So we're going to get it all, love. We're going to get the whole thing. And we thank you and we bless you for it. The day will come very soon. No more pills. No more dependence on man. No more prescriptions. No more anything. But the straight word of God that has manifested in us for a truth. So we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's do our declaration. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. And we thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.